It's a LaMelo ball themed edition of Locked On Hornets. We recap this weekend's results and look back at LaMelo ball compared to other Charlotte Hornets grades. That's all today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets brought to you by Bet Online. There might be less football being played, but betonline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season from scores, total player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022 and NBA betting as well. Hockey, boxing, UFC odds, so much to get involved in with Bet Online. The fastest and the easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. We appreciate them and we appreciate you for joining us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Catch us wherever you get your pods, make it your first listen. We appreciate that as well. I'm on Twitter on uh, at Walker Mail, Doug Branson, LOH. Find the show handle on Twitter and on YouTube at Lockdown Hornets. LaMelo Ball themed edition, Doug. That's what happens when your lone Charlotte Hornets representative is doing some big things all star weekend. Rising Stars Challenge check, All-Star Game, good box score, Don in the purple suit after it all. He fit as much as anybody in All-Star Weekend, and I can't say that I'm surprised. LaMelo! <laughs> I'm pumped, man. I am pumped. I'm way more excited than I was uh, for anything on All-Star Saturday night. That was oh. a huge disappointment. Nice. But what wasn't a disappointment, Walker, was the performance of Charlotte's number one star, LaMelo Ball, doing what we've seen him do all season, honestly, which is make the most of limited minutes. He wanted the ball in his hands. He was aggressive, scoring, passing. It was a beautiful thing to watch, and I'm proud. It it was. It was phenomenal to see, man. 7 of 11 is his box score, right? So 7 of 11 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3, so shooting the ball well in this game, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, even had three steals, playing a little bit of defense in the All-Star game. LaMelo bringing it there. Zero turnovers. Ends up with 18 points. That's actually the third most points scored for Team Durant. Played in the closing time when the fourth quarter actually had some kind of semblance of effort from both don't of these teams. Me, don't make me like you, Eric Spolstra. Do not make <laughs> me like you, Eric Spolstra. You, you called for him to be fired, and now it's a very love-hate relationship because then, well, then he I, plays LaMelo. Then I, tweeted, then I tweeted, hire Spolstra. Yeah, like, I, right. I tweeted, <laughs> I tweeted right. fire Spolstra when he held LaMelo out for most of the third quarter, yeah. and then I tweeted, hire Spolstra as he held him in for the entire, almost the entire fourth quarter. That's right. That's right. LaMelo playing uh, <laughs> at the end, hit a later three-pointer in this game, too and uh, was on the court during the closing seconds. Uh, Not my favorite stat. Not my favorite box score stat, by the way. Yeah, talk to me. What's your favorite? My favorite box score stat was that he was four of eight from three, and Devin Booker, or as I like to call him on this show, Devin Snooker, because he's snookering everyone into thinking that he's an elite NBA player, which he is not, Mm. was two of nine from three. So LaMelo Ball had a better three-point percentage in the All-Star game than Devin Snooker. Yeah, second most three-point score, too. Joel Embiid was five of eight from the perimeter and 36 points, and then it was LaMelo right after that who had the uh, Uh, the second uh, most three. Look, if LaMelo Ball wanted to win that All-Star game, and he didn't, and he only has one person to blame, and that's Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid lost the All-Star game for Team 
Durant. Yeah, because he just kept. Well, Kevin Durant shots. lost the team, uh, lost it for them as well by being injured, not playing, but also Joel Embiid. Well, also, but wait, Kevin Durant, if he played, then I guess it would have been Lamelo getting in. And then Jared Allen being on the outs because LaMelo was the first alternate. So still, Kevin Durant, if he plays, we have to wait a little longer for LaMelo to get into the All-Star game. But Okay, that's a good point. That, that, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> uh, that that ruins what I just said, but that's okay. Uh, but no, Joel because lost Jared Allen game. was the latter, latter one in. So eventually, we wait longer. Either way, LaMelo was awesome. Sure. Um, look, and we got to see the Rising Stars Challenge. Not as much from LaMelo in that one. That was more so everybody else kind of doing their own thing, right? Like, I wonder how much, you know, LaMelo. I wonder why he played. Like, why did he play? Yeah. I mean, maybe he just wanted to take the most, you know, take advantage, or maybe he had already committed or something. But it just seems like once you make the all-star game, it should just be like, well, I'll just skip the Rising Stars game. He certainly, he, you know, of course, I think the moment that everyone, uh, if they remember anything, they're going to remember Jay Sean Tate. You know, he, you know, Lamelo going for the steal and Jay Sean Tate crossing him up a little bit and going to the hoop for the win. Right. So that was a little bit of a disappointing moment, but I think Lamelo wipes all of that away with his performance in the yeah. All Star game. Well, yeah, and you have to wonder too, right? Like it was right after a double overtime loss to the Miami Heat, and then you're seeing Lamelo ball, ball play immediately. He had to get to Cleveland yep. right away. And so right after that, you know, he actually does show up and, you know, plays a little bit, but clearly the all-star game, that's what we're all paying attention to. Awesome to see him there uh, fit as much as anybody. Anything else from LaMelo Ball's performance that you wanted to discuss or just uh, looking at him compared to everybody else, right? I mean, his team would go and they would lose. LeBron would hit the final jumper, 163 oh, to 160. What a game. What, what yeah, a it was perfect awesome. all-star game. It was an awesome ending too. And what's cool is that LaMelo was on the court for that. Yeah, the Elam ending has saved the All-Star game. Yes. It has made the All-Star game relevant. Probably the only... I mean, I know there are actual stakes in the MLB All-Star game, but I don't even know. There used to I, be, I yeah. Oh, they, they took them away? They I did. To, they did. Oh, they well, took away. So home field advantage for the World uh, for the World Series. It's clear uh, I only watch basketball. Yeah, well, it's fine. Nobody nobody. <laughs> but <cares>. anyway, <laughs> but so the Elam ending actually uh, makes this All-Star game relevant. It makes it fun. I was cheering for both. Like, I cheered for Steph Curry, who that's going to be the story, right? Sure. The story from this game. You know, LaMelo was sort of a sub-story. Um, but the story from this game is going to be Steph Curry almost breaking the points record, uh, breaking the three-point record. And I, I wanted him to, to hit the game winner and, and, and props to LeBron for giving the ball up. But then LeBron hitting it in Cleveland after he's making, he's making all these little, little sort of notions about maybe going back to Cleveland or going to play with his son, like mm-hmm. doing the great LeBron trolling that you always love from the All-Star weekend. Love it. Uh, but to hit that shot... It, it was amazing. And so if, if LaMelo's team was going to lose in the All-Star game, let it be like that. My big takeaway from LaMelo Ball's All-Star experience is that, one, he took the game seriously, I think. Not like oh, Kobe yeah. Bryant level serious, but he was in crunch time and he was playing seriously, trying to playing hard defense, trying to cover Steph Curry. Um, it's, it was tough in that game. Uh, and and two, he was surrounded by stars and yet made his presence known. And I think that's important for his career trajectory overall. And I think the the third thing is is that he he was in crunch time and he wanted the ball. He didn't necessarily get the ball. There were other guys that that took sort of the game in their hands, Levine and other players, and Joel Embiid, as I mentioned, who lost the All Star game for for Lamelo Ball and and Team Durant. Um, but Lamelo wanted it. 
And, and I think that, again, just shows like his confidence level sky high. He wants to be part of the moment. He wants to be a star in this league. And that's super exciting if you're a fan of the Charlotte Hornets. Well, yeah, I mean, he was as involved as almost anybody in this game for Team Durant because he played 22 yeah. minutes. The guys that played more, Devin Booker, your boy, DeJounte Murray played 27 minutes. Joel Embiid played I liked Murray. Murray was good. Yeah, Murray was, and he had he was the beneficiary of the between-the-legs pass on that transition bucket, Ooh, so that was cool. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. That might be, awesome. I mean, if you're talking highlight reel, again, the story is Steph, and so when you go back and think about that game, it's going to be the Steph game, right? But I think that LaMelo highlight play would make the overall highlight reel for yeah. the All-Star game. Well, I think it made the rounds for like your Sports Center accounts, anybody following the All-Star game. They made sure they tweeted that out in real time. And you bring up the Steph part of things where LaMelo uh, was actually guarding him after the game in true LaMelo fashion. He was asked about it. Hey, you know, what did, what took place when you actually started to guard Steph Curry? And that's when he came off of his hot streak because everybody wanted him to break the record and he should have done it. And then it just didn't happen. He went so cold, eventually only. I like oh, this. Only scores 50. So LaMelo is asked about it. There's somebody that is in the background. I don't know who it is. And then he daps him up mid-question. And then he comes back. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, uh, to be honest with you, I was just, you know, playing basketball. I was no. just trying to guard Steph Curry. Oh, he didn't say anything. He's not going to give you anything no, yet. No, he, he's not going to no. give you anything yet. Well, and this is the other thing real quickly before we start to compare his box scores to other Hornets debut all-star game box scores are just going to be fun to go to here in just a second. But like LaMelo on the all-star stage with everybody paying attention, LaMelo is enough of a star to where he has enough prowess nationally. He has enough play, right? There's tons of people tweeting out his plays for the Charlotte Hornets, tweeting out his neon yellow suit in the debut. Ooh, I mean, he season. not that wasn't the only one. He brought the drip the entire yeah, week. I can't wait till fire and fizzle because it might just sure. be an entire LaMelo ball edition. The purple suit. No, uh, I was feeling it. But like, I feel like it's not introduced. It's not the right word. But there were just so many eyeballs on All-Star Weekend, and LaMelo showed that he fit. He showed yep. that he had the fit. He showed kind of who he is right now. And I am interested in how LaMelo's press game, interview game, goes on as his career goes on. You know, like, is this just a, this is how LaMelo is and he's young. Is this, he's always going to be like this. Is this, he'll start to give you a little more as, his career goes on, but you're everybody was not introduced to LaMelo, but there was a spotlight on him more so because it's all-star weekend and everybody's kind of watching him. And I think overall big thumbs up positive for everything that kind of was involved with him. Yeah. He needs an accomplishment. He mm -hmm. needs like a legitimate, like a playoff series win. Like he needs an accomplishment before, like, I think it would be weird to see him making big, bold statements about, like, locking down yeah. Steph Curry, although I would love to make that the narrative. Let's make that the narrative. <laughs> I want uh, Locked on NBA to tweet us out saying, LaMelo, here, I'll do the quote for them. LaMelo Ball locked down Steph Curry and prevented him from getting the points record, and that's a fact. Mm -hmm. There, I did it. I got that on for Locked on NBA. Put that as the but, thumbnail uh, for this. But, but we can say that. We can say that. And, and I think it's important that LaMelo doesn't – I think it's cool that he doesn't go out and do that kind of thing before – he gets the accomplishment. Yeah, and you even still get to see his personality where everybody asks him, you know, who is your favorite player, player growing up? On the court, you get to see it, but even off of it, what you see his answer all the time is of when, you know, who's your favorite player? It's LaMelo. I saw young LaMelo 
<laughs> I was watching his highlights the other day, and I'm not gonna lie, he was doing pretty well. Like you get to see that fun nature of Lamelo too. So good stuff from him this All Star weekend. We're not done talking about him for the next two segments. I want to compare his box score in the All Star debut compared to other draftees for the Charlotte Hornets and what they did in their first All Star game. This is the time of year that a lot of people have pretty much given up on New Year's resolutions. Don't be that person. And if you need some help, go to Built.com and get you some Built Bars. If you haven't tried the Puffs or even the Staples, Puffs are great. Uh, They have this protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. They're a candy bar. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. And it's high in protein and high in fiber but low in sugar, low in calories, low in carbs. It's good for you, despite being so tasty. It doesn't make sense, and yet you still need to go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 when you do so and get 15% off of your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off of your order when you use promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. Go get you some Built Bars. We'll uh, talk more LaMelo Ball coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. And Doug, don't you have an Eldon Campbell like stuffed animal type thing? Yes, I do. I got it at the last regular season home game that they had before they left for New Orleans. I, look, I love me some Eldon Campbell, but is that, is they, that the they were just they were clearing everything out of the house because it was whatever they gave to the fans that night. They didn't have to take with them to New Orleans. Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. Thank you for making Locked On Hornets your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Doug, you have done extensive research comparing LaMelo Balls to all-star debut box score compared to the other debut for Charlotte Hornets all-star games where guys have been there the first time, what they did. So why don't you just feed us all of those tasty stats and give us uh, the content of all your hard research? Uh, Yeah, so let's remind everyone of what LaMelo's box score was. 22 minutes played, 7 of 11 from the field, 4 of 8 from 3, 18 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals. So I went all the way back to uh, 1993 to find the debut of Larry Johnson. I did Larry Johnson, Alonzo Mourning, uh, Baron Davis, and Kimball Walker. I'm not including Glenn Rice in this. I'm only looking at players similar to LaMelo that were drafted by the Charlotte Hornets and then went on uh, to make the All-Star game. So let's do a little screen share here so everybody can take part, at least those that are uh, on uh, YouTube. Thanks for joining us on YouTube, by the way, youtube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets podcast. So here's the box score of Larry Johnson's debut. This lists him as a starter. Uh, He was very popular (laughs) in 1993 to get uh, the all-star bid in his second year, like LaMelo, and uh, doing it as a starter. But you can see a little bit of an underwhelming debut. Two of six from the field, 16 minutes played, only four points and really, more surprising, only four rebounds. Not a lot of missed shots, I guess, in the All-Star game. But what do you think about this debut? Well, I mean, for me, it, it's interesting more so that you mentioned his popularity because <clears throat> I'm actually not surprised, right? Like, this is a guy coming off of the run for UNLV. 
You know, yeah. this is a crazy popular team, the best player Grandma. on that Rebels team. Big and, national you, commercials. Uh, yeah, I mean, Larry Johnson being popular. You know, I remember right when we did the top 30 Hornets list, which I saw a comment on YouTube. You talked about it. Can we do a top 25? And everybody hated the list because that's why lists are made. And people got mad at Larry Johnson being a three compared to Alonzo being two. And one, a lot of that has to do with Larry Johnson's popularity. You know, this is somebody that stayed here for a while, right, with the Hornets, but he was popular as soon as he comes in because he was such a sensation in college basketball. Didn't make it his rookie year, but as soon as he's eligible, right, kind of has that foundation, gets in his second year, he's voted as an all-star starter. So, yeah, I mean, box score, not the greatest game from him, but still I'm not surprised to see him get in immediately as a, a top-five guy. And, of course, these were the days east-west. There was no uh, all-star draft. And I think, too, there was a center and two forwards, right? They didn't do – I, I, I wonder. Yeah, I have yeah, to yeah. look that up. But, you know, Shaquille O'Neal at the center spot, I just wonder, like, if, if, it, if it was indeed that – Maybe Patrick Ewing gets in over Larry Johnson, but I don't know. You know, if 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 how the voting went, I have to look that up. Detlef Schrempf is the best name on this, by the way. Well, I don't know. Mark Price have a game: nineteen point six of nine from three. Nice uh, three point percentage there. Six of eleven from the field. Former Great Charlotte Forty Nine er basketball coach, Charlotte Hornet shooting coach. A lot of ties with the Carolinas from Mark Price. Excellent game, sir. All right, let's move on to Alonzo Mourning's NBA All-Star Game playing debut, which was 1995. Did not play in the 94 All-Star Game. 1995, both Larry Johnson and Alonzo Mourning participating in that game, but both participating off the bench. The starters for the East, Penny Hardaway, Scottie Pippen. By the way, Scottie not showing up to the 75th anniversary. I feel like he got voted off the island. Everybody was like, yeah. you know what, Scotty? Probably best if you stay home. <laughs> you hate what's happened to him, man. I mean, I, I've got... No, I, I don't. Can, he's on top no, 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 you're right. Like, I, but you, I hate all of that. I've got... I could talk about the Last Dance documentary, the Scotty-Michael relationship for about five episodes, a whole week dedicated to it because it's so interesting to me. But you're right. Like, Scotty doesn't show up. And, you know, it, it, it does feel like he got voted off the island. So Larry Johnson, another disappointing all-star game here. Seven points, uh, two of three, wasn't very active in 20 minutes. Alonzo, in his debut, gets 19 minutes, four of nine from the field, uh, eight rebounds, that's nice, uh, one assist, one block, and uh, 10 points. So, and you're off the bench, not bad. Uh, but, but five personal fouls. How about that <laughs> from Alonzo? <laughs> He's coming do in that? there hacking everybody. Well, and and Lamelo mentioning that, like Lamelo got four personal fouls in the Rising Stars game, which I found honestly one of the more impressive stats of the oh, NBA yeah. All Star Weekend. How do you manage four fouls? Well, but he stayed out of foul trouble in the All Star game, and that's important. Well, but the, and the hilarious part is too, there were two personal fouls on Team Durant. Lamelo accounted for one of them. Okay. <laughs> There's only two. That's how it happened. He, he stayed out of trouble, but yeah, still that, he's that's got some Lamello, stuff to man. clean up. There's yeah. there's no doubt about that. But that's okay. We're, we're this is a happy Lamelo show. We're not going to get is. into that. We're celebrating Lamelo. That's okay. Um, Dana Barros, by the way, Vin Baker, Tyrone Hill, great that's names. One of those random names, random Eastern Conference names uh, of All Star past. Um, but okay, so Alonzo Morning, okay debut, not spectacular. Shall well, we move on, or do you have anything else? Well, I mean, with Alonzo, maybe we can that, – that's probably more so for the legacy stuff I've got on Alonzo, but he does come into the league immediately phenomenal. You know, like Larry 
he, he didn't even take much time to cook. He was really good his rookie year. Just didn't get in because it's so hard to be voted as yeah. an all-star your first season as a, a, even a good player, but Alonzo right off the rip, averaging 20 points, being one of the better defensive players in the league. And so if anybody could have gotten in as a Charlotte Hornet, his first season, it was Zoe, but second season. And yeah, what well, I think he, well. so I think he did, I, I, this is what I was looking up. I think he did make it his first season. Are you sure? And, let me let me look. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up live on the show here. I don't Alonzo. think he did because I, I was right. looking this up to talk then about Google. This. Then Google. Then Google got me wrong. I think if you just right, we'll look it up live on the show here. Well, and I guess for me, I only went to reference. Right. And then it didn't have the star. OK, so. you're right. You're right. You're right. All right. Oh, you're you're right. OK, so, yes, he did not. He made it his second year, but didn't play. And then he made it his third year. And play. Gotcha. Okay, that's that's where I got confused. Okay, yes, you're right. There we Moving go. On. Anyway, th- this is how it, this is real time operation for the Lockdown Hornets podcast. The next one is B Diddy, right? The next one is Baron Davis. Uh, let's scroll down here to the Eastern Conference numbers. Uh, he makes it to the All Star game, but only mm. pulls in 13 minutes, two points, uh, 0 of three from three, one of five from the field. So one of the more disappointing performances, and of course, and I don't, I don't know if this was the year that he did the blindfold, but there was probably <laughs> right. there were probably eye holes in the blindfold. Um, but Alonzo Mourning also in this All Star game as a reserve for Miami this time, six of seven from the field, thirteen points. Uh, Paul Pierce off the bench, nineteen points. Tracy McGrady off the bench, mm. twenty four points. This is our era, wow, this- right? Like what the, this is, what the this heck is was with this game? Serious. Look at this nostalgia. game. The starters, no one, no starter in the East this season oh. in 2002 had over 10 points or 10 or more points. The Washington points. appearance for MJ. Yeah. This oh, is yeah. Uh, four of 13 in the All Star game. Woof. This, this that, is like the passing of the guard All Star game. This is Michael. This was a, this was, I mean, other than Iverson, I, I don't love this lineup. Iverson, Jordan, Matumbo, Kid, and Antoine Walker. As a starters. starter, Antoine. I love it, though. <laughs> I love the shimmy, man. T-Mac coming in, Pierce. Like, this is the era that would kind of usher us in a little bit. Um, yeah, with that some big of these three names. there. That big but, three off the bench. The only Grady Pierce. And this kind of goes into the legacy stuff, too. We'll talk about next segment. But this would be the only all-star appearance for Baron Davis in a Charlotte Hornet uniform. Right after this, that's when they would leave for New right. Orleans. And we'd never see him do anything well for the city again, as far as being a Charlotte Hornet. And so sad. Yeah. Sad, sad to see because Diddy was uh was a fan favorite for sure. Still is. Okay, final one here. Kemba Walker, all-star game debut in 2017, also as an injury replacement. Um, he got a lot of minutes, 20 minutes in this game, three of six from the field, one of four from three, seven points, six assists, uh, which was nice off the bench. Uh, three rebounds, one offensive rebound. That's that's crazy. Uh, but seven points. It, I remember this debut, and I remember coming on the show and saying it was so great to see Kimba in the game. He j- mm-hmm. It just felt like the moment was a little big for him. It was like he was just passive. He was willing to say, all right, I don't need to shoot a ton. I'm going to deliver it to other people. And that was strange on a national stage because locally we had been used to Kimba Walker being the guy offensively well and I wonder I don't know if it says there who won all-star MVP but Kyrie Irving had 22 points and 14 assists the next two on the list it was DeMar and Kemba who had six assists oh I'll tell least. you who won MVP this was the year that Anthony Davis oh, did well, set the, okay. 
He set the points record at 52, and he won the All-Star right. MVP. There you go. Well, then Anthony Davis would go on to uh, to win that MVP. But Kyrie Irving was good in this one. And then Kemba, you're right. He was a little more passive. Did have the assists going more so than the points did. Didn't shoot a bad percentage. But um, this one, too, like the thing to note with Kemba is that it obviously took him a while to get to his first All-Star game. Baron Davis yeah. was the later of the three beforehand that we talked about. He got in mm. his third season. Zoe and LJ got in their second year. And Kemba is more of the story where he has the longevity to be the best Charlotte Hornet of all time. And it took a while. He wasn't an immediate success. It took a while. But after that, he got, I think, is it three all-star appearances with Charlotte or is it just two with Charlotte? I, I Either way, he had multiple with the Hornets. And, he had uh, three, this, Kemba? Yeah. Yeah, he had three with Charlotte and one with Boston. That's what I was. That's what I, I thought. So, yeah, so he'd have three all-star appearances with Charlotte, which is great, and it was like his fifth season uh, the, the first time he actually And Larry Johnson, only weekend. two all-star appearances. Yeah, weird. And, and so, only two um, so the question, I think, is is going to be an easy one to answer to, to kind of close things out, but LaMelo Ball. Clearly. Was it the best debut, all-star game debut in Charlotte Hornets history? Clearly. I mean, those were yes. kind of weak scores. <laughs> I mean, to be honest yeah, with you. That's, I, yeah. I, was, I surprised myself with the research. I, yeah. I assumed that Larry or Alonzo or somebody would have had – I knew they probably came off the bench, but I, I thought you know they would have a, a huge debut. Now, of course, Glenn Rice won MVP in a Hornets uniform. We did not include him or Eddie Jones because right. we just wanted to look contextually at players – that were drafted by Charlotte and then debuted in the All-Star game. Um, Did, so so let me take that back. So four players mm -hmm. that were drafted by Charlotte, was that the greatest debut in Hornets history? Yeah, and I still, yeah, yeah still clearly, right? Zoe comes off the bench, doesn't do anything special. LJ didn't do anything crazy special. You know, if you look at some of the other guys that you think might have gotten to an All-Star game, Jamal Mashburn doesn't get in the All-Star game until a New Orleans appearance the year after they left. You know, yeah. we're talking about, other guys that you mentioned that came in not being drafted, but being a part of the Bob Bass cha uh, trade chain, right? Where you had Eddie right. Jones coming in. That was after Glenn Rice came in. That was an exchange for Alonzo. So, um, yeah, just some different things there. But really cool to see some of those box score debuts. <clears throat> and clearly, LaMelo Ball had the best debut of anybody drafted by Charlotte. It's not even close. And it was a good game, too. Like, let, let's not sell it to the point where it was only because the players weren't very good in their debut. LaMelo played legitimately well and was in crunch time, at least, for game-deciding stuff. Yeah, and and actually, uh, Glenn Rice's debut as a Charlotte Hornet in the All-Star game, he only scored seven points in 15 minutes in 1996. It wouldn't be um, uh, until one of his subsequent All-Star games that he would win MVP. So I could throw him in there, but we were really just looking at players that were drafted by the Charlotte Hornets, and I think LaMelo's All-Star game certainly stands out among that list of players. All right, let's talk about LaMelo's legacy, the start to his legacy compared to some of those other players, very similar to what we just did, but not before we talk about Bet Online. Football, it might be over for the season, but basketball, it's full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. It remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, news this season, and it's not just basketball. Betonline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. Let's talk Hornets legacies coming up next. Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. 
So if you don't believe in the moon landing, Mm -hmm. then what would you say is the greatest human achievement? I think the greatest achievement of all time, and I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise (laughs) rather than counterclockwise. It's really tough. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So we took a look at some of the debuts for some of these Hornets and a lot of really special names, Doug. You know, I mean, we anytime we go down the list of the best players to ever don the purple and teal, it always comes down to longevity when we talk mm-hmm. about the legacy, because LJ is the best Hornet that fits that mold outside of Kimba. Kimba took the reign as the best Charlotte Hornet of all time. He still is that considering all of the accomplishments that he achieved and how long he stayed here. There is this persona about him too, where he's just an all-time NBA good guy, right? Like he is an ambassador for the franchise as well as giving you some on-court stuff, but not the best talented player to ever wear a Hornets uniform. You can go to a Glenn Rice if you wanted to. You can go to a LJ if you wanted to. Alonzo, Alonzo probably gave us the best three-year stretch we've ever seen. You know, he, he was amazing as soon as he comes into the league. First year, 20 points, you know, averaging close to 10 rebounds, becomes one of the best defensive players immediately, right? In fact, Doug, if you look at the athletics list that they just released of the top 75 players of all time, Alonzo made the list, and I think he was somewhere in the 60s, like 68, something like that. He's the only... He's the only player that had any true affiliation of really good play in that jersey. Robert Parrish was on that list, I believe, um, but obviously only, you know, he was here with the twilight. So, like, you know, you see you see Alonzo having the best three-year stretch, and at the beginning it was great, but then he bounces, bounces with a sour taste in your mouth, and he goes and plays for the Miami Heat. That's the team he's most known for. Alonzo still has the best moment in Charlotte Hornets history, right? Hitting that shot against the Boston Celtics. So that's the guy you look to as far as just a best stretch in Hornets history. Glenn Rice was great. LJ was awesome. Kimba was great and became the best Hornet of all time. My point being, LaMelo is checking the boxes off as much as he can to become the best Charlotte Hornet of all time. Getting an all-star appearance in just your second year with the team, being a first alternate counts, there's no caveats. Like, he he's doing this immediately as a national sensation. You have a lot of control over his contract. It would take a LaMelo. I want out badly type of thing for him to leave this organization. So you can kind of take care of some of that longevity issue. We don't expect him to leave next year by any means already three years would mean he's right up there with some of the other Hornets greats. Like my point being it's, it's a pretty easy path to see him become the best Charlotte Hornet of all time. And that's interesting to say for a guy that's just in his second year. Yeah, I think certainly one of the most talented Charlotte Hornets ever is is already on the table. Um, he's not one of the best athletes, I think, that that the Hornets have ever had. Um, it's just I, I associate skill and talent with LaMelo, but not necessarily like just raw athleticism. Uh, the thing that made Alonzo special that I think – LaMelo is going to have to compensate for with both longevity and then actual just accomplishments with the team is that Alonzo did incredible things on both ends of the floor. And I don't think LaMelo is necessarily a a bad defender 
uh, and and he certainly has the the steals, the the ability to steal the basketball, sort of an otherworldly ability to anticipate where the ball is. But the the stats aren't necessarily like eye popping. But this the the blocks stat for Alonzo was just eye popping, and yeah, it was game changing uh, what he could do on the defensive end of the floor. And I don't think you can necessarily say that. For LaMelo Ball, a lot of what excites us about LaMelo, although, again, recognizing the defensive talents that he has, a lot of what excites us about LaMelo Ball is on the offensive end of the floor and his playmaking ability and his surprising ability to shoot the basketball, though it has been somewhat inconsistent this year. Um, it it has come back and, and he's playing well. So that's that's where I think he has some catching up to do. And I think he can con- compensate for that by longevity and by accomplishing actual like playoffs type of things that Alonzo, uh, because he wasn't here for very long, wasn't able to accomplish. Well, and, and that's the point, right? Like you you go to other franchise best players and they have the accomplishments. Oh, do you remember when so-and-so led us to this significant feat in franchise history? He also has at least five all-star appearances in that jersey. He also is one of the more talented players that we've seen the last whenever they're having this conversation and you just can't check all those boxes off as a Charlotte Hornets fan. Like that's, what's made this franchise so difficult franchises that you could consider worse than Charlotte in the NBA, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They have Kevin Garnett, the Sacramento Kings. They have Chris Weber, you know, like you have, even with some of those franchises that have accomplished as little as the Hornets, you know, except for the the conference finals thing, right? Like, but maybe not as consistently staying at least close to playoff contention. When you get to those other type of playoff uh, or those other type of franchises, they at least have one. Clearly, this guy is phenomenal. He's one of the best players to ever play in an NBA uniform. The closest mm-hmm. we get to that is Zoe, who probably gets some love, very little for 50 greatest players. We'll get some for 75 greatest players as we add more to the historical, the historical chain. And that's it. You know, like LaMelo is the next guy that can get added to that list. And, and to me, to circle this again, the same way, what's crazy about it even more so is that it's a pretty easy path for us to see him get there. The accomplishment is what's going to have to happen. That's probably the toughest. We need well, to get to a conference finals appearance. That's the toughest. And that's team based. That's team building based. But that that's the thing that is going to cement him, right? Like that, oh, okay, yeah, th- this is what truly gets him in that kind of category. Well, it's, it's the thing, Walker, is it's easy for us to see the path because we see the raw talent, mm-hmm. okay? But LaMelo, because he's young, we have to take that into account. Like these guys that we're talking about, Alonzo, uh, Larry, um, Kimba, I mean, these guys played years in college and had that development before point. they hit the NBA, right? Um, with LaMelo... He's so good so quickly, and yet we have to recognize that there are, he's not like out of the box a superstar. There are things that he has to commit to uh, making better in his game in order to achieve the things that he wants to achieve, which I think goes to a certain extent for every player. But so many of these players that we, are, we were talking about had worked a lot of that stuff out before they ever got to the NBA. And so that's, you know, it's easy for us to see the path because we see the raw talent. It's not going to be as easy for LaMelo to achieve those things. He's got to commit himself to those things. And, you know, I think he will. And I honestly, I think this all-star experience is a really important experience for him to have to see, like to be around greatness, to see what it actually takes 
to achieve the things that he wants to achieve. It just, it doesn't happen automatically. And and I think a lot of things for LaMelo, he talks about it. Like he, a lot of what he does is instinctual. He can't explain it. Mm-hmm. You know, his, his whole brand is that he's sort of from, from outer space, that he's a rare, um, you know, element. Mm-hmm. Um, but the truth is that, you know, to become great, you have to commit yourself every single season to getting better. And, and that will be the interesting thing uh, to see if it happens or if it doesn't happen. And if it doesn't happen, how that limits, you know, his his ultimate ceiling. Well, it, so if we talk about as we knock on wood while we're discussing this, right, it, it does mm-hmm. seem kind of it's going to happen E from my point. And I, I do want to knock on wood because I want to avoid any disaster. But the things that would derail this, it's injuries. You never wish injuries on Always. anybody. Certainly. Um, and we saw that a little bit with LJ, you know, like that, mm-hmm. that kind of took place with him. You know, he had a, I think it was a bad back for LJ and then he goes to yep. the New York Knicks and it was a tremendous trade for the Charlotte Hornets. They get Anthony Mason in return. Just one of the many things Bob Bass did that was so great trying to navigate as a small market team. Um, but Anthony Mason has his lone all NBA appearance with Charlotte, then gets an all-star appearance the next year with the heat. But know. like, you know, you had to move off of LJ and injuries that took place with him. You know, Zoe wanted out and they had to get him out of there to get somebody that would play well with another similar star. That's another way this could be derailed as far as franchise goes, because, you know, wanting out isn't going to hinder LaMelo from being a great player in his own right. It's going to hinder him from being a great player with the Charlotte Hornets because he's not going to be wearing that jersey. But the point is he's he staked his claim. Uh, he staked yeah. his claim his rookie season. He's following up, following it up pretty significantly in his sophomore season. And then this All-Star game is another narrative moment that as a Charlotte mm-hmm. Hornets fan, you can hang your hat on and say, okay, in this moment, I'll remember this particular moment, his first All-Star game. He played really, really well. Wasn't the story, but was a story. Uh, people were talking about him, and that's step one. And now... You know, now the hard part is for LaMelo improving his game and, you know, cutting the turnovers, uh, you know, uh, cutting the fouls, uh, you know, being available in those situations. Yeah. Yeah. Just like like doing the things that that 20 year olds don't do. Right. And but he's 20. You know, so so it's all about it's all about just the natural development. And I guess the point I want to kind of end on is that it, it just feels different here, Doug. Like, we we were all excited when Kimba would get in because mm-hmm. he was ours, right? But we knew that he shouldn't ever really be a starter. The one ceiling yeah. year for Kimba was getting a selection into the third All-NBA team. And we didn't even expect that to happen, really, but he got in. That, that was the absolute ceiling that Kimba was ever going to reach, and that's played out in real time. We were all right about that but clearly should be coming off of the bench for these all-star games, you know, I mean, maybe one year as a starter, something like that. Right. But LaMelo is 20. He's a first alternate. So he gets in immediately. And those guys always get in by the way, right? Like that's, that's no, that's no shot to LaMelo every year. The first alternate gets in to be an all-star. So that counts. And you're seeing this happen so early. Like this guy belongs with the best players in the game and Kimba it was like he belongs, but on a second tier, like you right. can see the first tier potential with Lamelo, and like, oh, my God, we have one of these like we this is different. Other teams have always had at least one. We haven't really had all that much experience on some kind of longer timetable. And this is our potential for the first time since like 2000. Well, and this is why we always say, like, I don't care how he gets to the all star game. First alternate, second alternate. Who gives a damn? Because you, you got to be on the dance floor to boogie. 
and he got on the dance floor and he boogied hard. And, you and it makes me believe really well. he could start an all-star game someday and win MVP. Like that's that, my, you know, that's, that's another thing. big takeaway. Like I saw that game and thought, oh, LaMelo can start an all-star game at some point and, and he will go for MVP and he'll win it. You know, what we're talking about are things that are so ridiculously hard to do. Win MVP, I mean, that it, you have to be like a top 50 player right now to do that. Yeah. You know, that Derrick Rose is the exception that had his one crazy year. Like everybody else is one of the best players, you know, like to, to see that there is like a potential to be a first team all NBA player, you know, to at least be some kind of consistent, you know, does he get five all NBA appearances in his career? Like that's a ridiculous stat and yet possible for sure. And that that's the, that's the fun part about having LaMelo uh, a part of the Charlotte Hornets. Excellent weekend for him. Really cool to see as a representative for the Hornets. Now we'll see what he can do. The final 22 games with the Hornets as it pertains to team success. Coming up this week, we do want to focus some of these episodes on what the stars, these best players for the Hornets have to do. We'll look at LaMelo again. We'll dedicate an episode to Terry Rozier. We'll dedicate an episode to Miles Bridges and then maybe have like a leftover episode. We'll focus on Gordon, PJ, mm. you know, maybe Love some leftovers. of the others. Yeah, leftovers. Love good leftover plate. Yeah. Oh, Eric Collins, sweet potatoes, right? You want some of those as leftovers, <laughs> maybe mashed potatoes. Mix them up, but then they'll heat up well. Who's going to heat up well for the Charlotte Hornets the final 22 games of this regular season? Thanks for joining us on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We always appreciate your support. Now make your second listen, Lockdown Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Nick Carboni going to be joining us tomorrow, so we'll discuss Nick, uh, what the final 22 games might encompass with Nick Carboni coming up tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day.